Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Once we are actually living lavish. It's been a long time coming, but it's finally here. And tonight, to go over that win against Aston Villa, I have joined by two brilliant guests once again. So with me, I have Spurs Views, also known as Dara. Dara, how are you tonight? All good, Holly. Um, really appreciate you getting me on. Delighted to be here. No worries. It's a pleasure. It's all mine. It's all mine. And also, I'm joined by Dakota from Podspur. Dakota, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm I'm going to be on the channel, and I'm even more glad that I'm here talking about a win with you guys. I feel like it's been a minute. It has been a very, very long time, I must admit. But hey, we have finally got three points on the board. And to be fair to you, I know it might be too soon to say that top four was out of the question. I thought our season was dead and buried on Thursday. I must say I was very negative then. But it could be still on. You never know. But anyway, I'm going to hit off with this game. So obviously, we kind of saw that it was a kind of a change in formation, so to speak. I'm still sat here trying to figure out what it is. But anyway, to start with, Dara, I thought I'd come to you. So obviously, that formation was something different. Jose was trying something different. So what did you make of it all? Yeah, when the when the lineup came out, I was kind of I was a bit perplexed, really, at what he was trying to do because I suppose in the last month, month and a half, nearly two months, we've kind of, I thought we kind of sorted a system that was kind of a, a workable system, you know, with Bale on the right, Luke's on the left, or Luke's playing as a number 10 or whatever, and the Son on the left. But I suppose with Sonny out and with our last two absolutely putrid performances, I suppose it kind of needed a bit of a shake-up. And it worked. It worked. Um, I actually quite, I, I've been kind of uh, a bastion for Tanganga to be playing in centre-back, but... This season, he kind of seems to be playing right back. And I thought he was brilliant again. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Because I thought, originally when I saw him playing right back um, under Jose, I was like, oh, I don't want him to kind of fall under the same bracket as Dyer did and be kind of confused about what his position is going forward in his career. But right back might be the one for him. Because I thought he was outstanding again last night. He was able to... He's, he's really worked on, um, I feel like, his, his burst down the line and stuff like that. Because we all know he's a great defender, but... He's really getting on with his um his attacking play. So I thought he was brilliant. And I thought the formation kind of worked. I thought Vinicius and Kane, um, they bounced off each other well. It allowed Kane to kind of come back. And kind of, I would I don't want to call it the Rooney role because he's actually better at it than Rooney is or was. Um, but he kind of is occupying that kind of role when Rooney was playing up front and he, he kind of um, back into that kind of cam role later in his career. I think Kane might be doing that himself like his passing range as we know was outstanding his top assists in the league um but i thought he played very well really professional performance and yeah i actually thought the formation worked quite well i said so on the wing don't know about that going forward but he, he, he was he was all right he did grand i mean he was his first start back so i mean you couldn't expect too much from him but um no i thought it was a really good performance overall um shaky enough at the back but what else is new but uh overall pretty positive i thought I was going to say, that's just the generic thing in this Tottenham side at the minute. I don't think there's no yeah. escape in that, to be honest. But um, nah. as when it comes to you, Dakota, obviously we've touched on this Tanganga partnership, but also I'd like to talk about Rodan, because I don't know where he's been for God knows how long. So what did mm. you make of him last night? Do you think maybe there's a place for him and Tanganga to maybe start in the next game after the international break? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to real quick, because I know my head is as shaky as it used to be, I'm going to move room uh, to, like to one that's got a better, <laughs> a better connection. But yeah, so I'm kind of in that same boat. I've been hoping for Jaffet to start, uh, hoping for him to get some. I'm no Rodin is somebody else that I've clamoring for. I think he is, uh, you know, at least our most consistent center back based on the, the minutes that he's played. So uh, I, I loved that Davinson Sanchez, Joe Rodin partnership at the back. Um, I think it's got the most potential moving forward because as much as we all want a new center back in the summer, I think we got to be pretty realistic and know that that's not going to come in probably. So we need to have our eyes for the future. And I think Davinson Sanchez and Joe Rodin offer us the most stability in the middle, which, you know, sounds weird saying that Davinson Sanchez is going to be a, a consistent, uh, a consistent force in the center of the park. But I was also really impressed with Jaffet uh, playing at right back yesterday. He looked really comfortable um, on the ball too, uh, taking guys on, trying to go by people. Uh, he, you can tell that he's still a little bit unsure of what to do with the ball when he gets it, because uh, he's just used to finding someone in the midfield and getting rid and now he's got a little bit more responsibility with it. So I, I, you know, Serge Aurier had an illness yesterday. I don't really know that I necessarily believe that. Uh, and then we all know what Matt Doherty season has been. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if the back four we saw start yesterday is the back four that we see for the majority of the rest of the season just because there's there's youth, there's energy, those guys are hungry. A couple of them haven't played a lot this season. They're they're they want to prove their worth in this side and to Jose. So I liked what I saw from the back line yesterday, even with the little bit of wobbles in the beginning of the game. And I hope we get to see it more more often as the season goes on. I think that's a good point. I mean, it was a completely different contrast from Thursday. And my thought going into Thursday, you'd think the likes of Winks and Sissoko would have the energy and the hunger to try and fight back into the Premier League spot in, into the uh, starting eleven, But that wasn't the case. But the likes of Tanganga and Roden, you can really see that they were wearing that bad of pride and they wanted to be in that starting eleven. So moving slightly away from the lights of the defence, I know we've slightly touched on the Vinny and Kane scenario, but how refreshing was it to also see Lucas playing out of his skin last night, Dara? What do you make of Lucas? Oh my God, he has been just a revelation the last month. I have been so surprised because in fairness, I, like, I'm going to hang my head in shame here and say I wanted him to go. To be honest, uh, even like say the start of this season, I was like, ah, you know, Luke's not going to cut it for me. I know he's had that iconic Amsterdam moment, but I've always said like he's living off it. But he's really impressed me. He's really impressed me. He like he's, I think what Lucas is, I've always said he does ninety percent of the game really well. Like he's he tracks back via, he's bursting with energy, but it's always been his final pass or his decision making and his shooting that's let him down. But in the last few games, he's been producing and he's been producing regularly. And to be honest, he was our best player last night. You could say he's been our best player for the last two weeks even nearly to be honest um he really fights for you he really fights for you. him and lamella have a very similar trait that way in this they mightn't have um the best productivity race as a winger should but they'll always fight for the badge and i think that's something that we needed in the worst way last night um because like, that's not what we saw in the last two games especially against arsenal um it was just yeah as multiple players have said it was a disgrace um but um you yeah, know lucas was outstanding i mean his 
it's just his energy and even how he wins the ball how he reads the game like if you even looked at this, the highlights last night how he reads from where the defender's going because like their passes weren't that bad Villa's passing wasn't awful it's just how he reads them and he intercepts them and his burst of pace they just couldn't deal with him whatsoever um, he seems way more assertive on the ball now as well and yeah they just couldn't deal with him at all and when he's in that kind of form there's no stopping him it is and I, it's funny you say obviously the fact that we've kind of missed that fight for the badge but it's true and I feel like Lucas is kind of the saviour when we get to our bad points like obviously yeah. in that UCL we were we were riding on trying to get the, the line over the line basically but last night it was kind of the same thing we needed someone to shine and Lucas was that shining point so Dakota yeah. Obviously, mm. we, we know, and I know Luke has said in the chat, obviously, Lucas and Vinny work well together. We, we know there's Brazilian ties there. But what did you make, obviously, of the goal that they managed to work together to try and get into the back of the net, which actually went on and worked? Yeah, I mean, exact, exactly to the, to the point that was just made. Lucas created that goal by working hard and, and knowing where that pass was going to come. Obviously, you know, it, it's kind of telegraphed. There's only really one place that the keeper could could put it, but... Lucas still has to make that play, right? And then he's got to get himself into a good position after he passes the ball off to Kane. And then, um, you know, whether it was luck or whether he just perfectly placed it to the millimeter of where it needed to go, he fizzed in that cross that was right to the to the foot that missed every defender and was right out of the reach of the keeper. And, you know, there's, there's obviously this Brazilian connection between Vinicius and, and Lucas, and Lucas has helped Vinicius get, get settled in London. And I think that Lucas really wants to see Vinicius succeed. Like it's kind of inspiring, I guess, in a way, but also kind of weird for, you know, I guess a, a, a common trope is that professional athletes care a lot more about themselves and their own success than anything mm-hmm. else. But I think that's the opposite with this scenario. I think Lucas wants Vinicius to be 10 times the player that, Lucas sees himself as being and I think that just that came comes through with their relationship and I think it came through with their celebration you know Lucas Lucas looked like he scored the goal when Vinicius put that ball on the back of the net yesterday and you know that kind of attitude of of togetherness which is exactly what Hugo said at on Thursday he said you know we normally rely on that and tonight I don't think we really could but that that relationship that they have is just going to permeate through the whole squad. You know, if Lucas and Vinicius have this really brotherly tie about them, it's just going to grow in in the squad. And I think we really saw the squad be together yesterday, even in the way that they, you know, I, I look at defending. Everybody defended like they were trying to keep someone else from having to make make the play. Like they wanted to cover their cover their teammates uh, backs and they wanted to be exactly where they needed to be. So the rest of the team would succeed. And that's, that's, I loved that response. I wish we would have gotten it on Thursday and I wish we would have seen it last Sunday, but you know, those things have happened. We need to look toward the future and it's just a good response from, from the team as a whole to the way that they play the last two games. And then also to Hugo's comments after, after the game on Thursday, yeah, I, 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 get, I definitely get what you mean. It seems like there's been a new lease of life. The fact that we've seen these players come in and they haven't had much game time, they've actually got a point to prove. But like you said, between Vinny and Lucas, it was displayed across the pitch. There was a bit more of togetherness last night. And I think that's the thing that made me a lot more 
happier in a sense that we're actually seeing the team gelling together once again rather than being these individuals which you like you said you guys kind of pointed that out and I think it was a good U-turn obviously for us to actually go out and get that win which kind of brings me on to the next point I know Shepard's um said it in the chat already and it does kind of bring me on so I don't want to be too much of a downer on it but Obviously, Deli Ali once again, you could see him on the sideline putting the goldie gloves on his hand because, bless him, it was freezing last night. <laughs> so, Tara, what do you make of Deli Ali at the moment? Do you think he's really got this team spirit at the moment or do you think he's just kind of like Bale was at Real Madrid, just lapping up, sitting on the bench, not really having a care in the world, really? Yeah, do you know what? I've really been disappointed with how Deli um, has come back into the side. Like, I mean... Jose made it clear to Delhi even last season when he when Jose was appointed that Delhi could be the man if he wanted to be the man and if he had the right attitude he could be as good as he wants to be basically but he doesn't seem to want to he doesn't seem to care a whole lot um, I thought when he came back and played that game against Wolfsburger when he got that incredible bicycle and he got the two assists I said ah oh, this is Delhi back now this is Delhi back to his best we're going to see him as the number 10 for the rest of the season but he has just been so disappointing, so lacklustre. I go, you, you go back to the point the quote I made there about um, Lucas needing to read that pass from Martinez. I don't think Deli Ali's making that ball. I don't think he is. So that's just the difference. He's not going to show that fight. He's not going to show that togetherness, that team spirit. And I think you touched on it, Holly, there as well. Like, Does he have that real oomph in his game? Does he have that fire? I think Roy Keane spoke about it before. Like Deli seems to have lost his fire. And I think it. I think that could be right, to be honest. Um, he just doesn't seem to have that desire anymore. I don't know what that's to do with his unhappiness at the club. He didn't get his move for PSG. I don't know what it is. But he just seems to have lost his fire for Spurs and lost his fire for the game, which is a real shame because yep. he could have been one of the top world beaters. You know, it's a real shame. But um, yeah, I think Lucas and Gio, I'd be starting them over Delhi any day of the week now these days, even Lamella. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, two and a half, three years ago, or hearing rumors of Delhi going to Madrid for 150 million pounds. And, yeah, you know, exactly. I'd maybe, I'd maybe take 30 for him right now. <laughs> and yeah. That's maybe, that's maybe being generous. It's just, it's just really sad. Cause I feel like we've kind of missed the trick with Delhi. I feel like I've always said, I feel yeah. like a lone move in January would probably would have done the world of good just because he would have reunited with Poch. There would have been a, b- a bit more confidence from him, change of scenery. He would have played some minutes you'd like to think. And then he's the perfect opportunity to put him in the shop window because then come the yeah. summer, we could have got more yeah. money for him because right now he's not doing anything on the bench, is he? Apart from waving his goalie gloves around everywhere. But um, <laughs> moving slightly away from, um, from Delhi and my bad jokes, um, I just want to uh, pinpoint on Kane. Now, obviously, Kane, the man's just an insane beast. There's no way other ways to put it, really. Um, but obviously, last night we saw that we were giving a we were given a penalty after Matty Cash decided to come in like a balloon in a china shop and completely kebab his leg. So, Dakota, what did you kind of make on the penalty? Because at the moment, there's a lot of controversy flying around left, right, and centre. So, I'll come to you first, yeah. Dakota, and then we'll come to Dara. I, I think it is next level play from Harry Kane. Um, the ball's obviously going out of play. So, and Kane is the, the caliber of him, just a, a player of him knows that somebody is coming down hard on him. So he, I think he deliberately fakes like he's putting in a cross to get the slide to come because he knows that it's going to be right on his foot because that's where the ball would have been. So, I think it's extremely clever stuff from Kane. I, I think, you know, 
a football purist, I think, would maybe have an issue with this penalty because it, it, that's just part of the game. But I, th- I think it's a modern penalty, right? It, it's getting called 10 times out of 10 because it's a slide tackle straight to the to the calf. So I think it's really clever play from Kane. Um, he obviously has to make sure that his leg is over far enough to get some contact, <laughs> uh, which, you know, that happened. And luckily he wasn't actually injured from it. But I, yeah, I, I think it's really clever stuff from Kane. And I, I can understand why people will be upset, but you know, if, if that happens with the club you support, you're clamoring for a penalty all day long too, right? Exactly that. And that's the thing. I think, I don't know. I think it was just very rash from cash. The same way we saw the kind of yep. same thing happen against Lacazette and Sanchez. You know, Sanchez is coming like a bull in a china shop, but Lacazette knows he's going to do it. So I feel like it's the same kind of thing. So Dara, I'll come to you. What did you make, obviously, on the penalty? What was your kind of thoughts and feelings on it? Yeah, I mean, it's a stonewall penalty. Stonewall penalty all day long. Um, you're delighted when they're given for you and you're angry when they're given against you. It's kind of one of those, but they're always they're always given. Um Look, it was, it was clever play from Kane. It was clever play. And I don't buy this whole narrative that um, Kane is the golden boy for England and all this crack. I do not buy that one for one minute. Um, he definitely doesn't get any special treatment from any commentators. In fact, I'd say um, the spotlight is on him more often than not as being a cheap, blah, blah, blah. And he gets more abuse than most players. I know the likes of Salah and stuff were thrown about there as well. In fairness, Salah does get a lot of gripe about it as well, but for the right reason Salah is unknown for you know his dramatics so I mean it's not like you're you're nitpicking Kane here like you know I mean it's it's not like Kane is alone here or anything like that like it, it is clever play and clever players get penalties and there's a reason yeah. why he, he's a born winner he's a born winner and it's about time he wins one with Spurs <laughs> Yeah, that's all no what we kidding. kind of hope isn't it we all kind of hope yeah. and cross our fingers that's going to happen but obviously we see him put away his penalty again and there's no doubt in my mind that that's going in and obviously we now oh, yeah. come to realize that harry kane is only 100 goals away from beating alan Shearer's record so i come to you dakota do you think he will possibly stay in the premier league i know there's word about him leaving i know it's not set in stone now because that is on the cards do you think if he doesn't stay with spurs he will definitely stay somewhere in the premier league no, I think he loves the club too much to do that. Um, I think if he if he moves, it will definitely be somewhere outside of England um, because of his love for Spurs. I think he doesn't. I don't think he would want to play Spurs ever. Um, you know, maybe he would secretly hope in a Champions League final or something like that. But yeah, I I think if he's moving, it it's not anywhere in in England. As much as he, you know, I guarantee you, Harry Kane knows exactly how many goals it it's going to be for him to become top scorer in the club and top scorer in, in Premier League history. He 100% knows. Um, and I also think that his love for Spurs is more than his desire to be the top goal scorer if, you know, 100 of those goals need to come somewhere else at in England at the detriment of Spurs. I mean, I, I definitely get, I definitely get this. I mean, Jez has a totally different opinion. I mean, Jez, I'm ignoring it. Um, but yeah, I do see what you mean. He, the trouble is, it depends whether he outweighs his love for the club for a trophy. That's the only thing that's really stuck in my mind. I mean, we don't know Kane Percy. That's the only problem with me, Dara. If right. if he was to obviously leave, I know Dakota says that he's he's not going to go to the Premier. I'm still torn. I'm not really too sure where I where I kind of sit with it. I think the possible 
real possibility is probably City. I mean, like Jez has said, I know he's joked about it, but I generally think it will be City. So, Darrow, if there did come the day that Kane left Tottenham, where would you think he'd go? Yeah, see, I don't know. I've I've been kind of thinking that in my head as well, but like, it won't be Bayern, because Lewandowski. It won't be... I couldn't see it being the Barca, to be honest. I just couldn't see it. Um, Madrid, possibly. Benzema pushing on a little bit, but I mean, how old is Benzema? Is he 31? Something like that? In around yeah, that age? Like, yeah, I mean, like, 31, 32. Yeah, 31, 32, something like that. So possibly Madrid, maybe. Which would also break me as well, because it seems like we're like a shock window for Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I could see him, to be honest. It breaks my heart to say it, but I could see him at City. I really could. And... I think they're one of about three clubs in the world that could afford them, and the other two being PSG and Madrid, probably. And Madrid are in a lot of debt at the moment, too. So, And it looks like Madrid are kind of eyeing Mbappe or Haaland. So kind of leave City and PSG. So if Kane is going to leave, I think it will be this summer. Um, it seems like a kind of mm-hmm. a crossroads for him. I know the uh, pundits say it, and we all kind of say, ah, it's all nonsense, all nonsense. Like, you won't believe it. But, yeah, it's going to take a lot for him to stay. I think... I think Kane is kind of, in a weird way, he's kind of stuck um, at Spurs at the moment because clubs don't have the money to pay for him. Levy is not going to let him leave for anything less than, I'm convinced, 150 million. So yep. no one's going to pay that this summer. No one is going to pay that. I know City, see, I'm conscious that City are losing Aguero 100% this summer. So City are in the market for a striker. Kane is the best on the market, in my opinion. Maybe Haaland, you'd make that argument. But yeah, Kane, like, imagine Kane in that. City lineup that is just scary. That is just a horrible, horrible thought. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I don't even want to imagine it past that flickering um freezing thought, but uh, yeah, I, I, I could, I, I could imagine them at City, unfortunately. I mean, the other day I had uh, Luke on and he was adamant about United. And after he kind of explained to me his thoughts around it, I could kind of see where he's going. Obviously, he explained that uh, Man United were on the cusp of their rebuild, so to speak. And obviously, they have fallen out of, after their Ferguson days. So do you reckon Dakota maybe United could be a shout? Or do you still adamant on the fact that you could only see him playing for Tottenham in the Prem? Yeah, I, I just don't think... I think Harry Kane is... A really great person, and and I think that he puts that above anything sporting wise. Um, I you know I, I think PSG is the move. If he's if he's leaving, he's going to go back to play with Poch um, at at PSG, and you know who knows what dominoes are gonna are gonna happen. But if Mbappe leaves, that's that's the door wide open for PSG to come in and, and swoop uh, swoop Harry Kane down, and you know there. If we finish outside of top four and we don't win the, the Carabao Cup, so no Europe next year, I, I think that would be a really – I think you could sell it as a really good uh, really good season to go do something special domestically because you don't have any European competitions to worry about. You're not playing every three days. You, know, you, you get your rest in your legs to go out and – play really hard in the premier league against these, these other teams. However, that's really hard to convince someone, the caliber of Harry Kane, who's in his prime to stay at a club that is not even in the running, not, not, it's not even possible to win a European trophy. So I'm really torn about whether or not he's going to stay or go. Uh, I, I don't blame him if he wants to go, but 
you know, like it's already been said, who's going to, who's, who in this COVID market is going to be able to afford him? There's yeah, three, three, maybe four teams that can afford him. And two of them don't even need somebody like Harry Kane. So, mm. but yeah, I'm adamant that he's not playing anywhere in the prem other than in a Spurs shirt. I hope you're right, Dakota. I hope that does come Same. true. And we're worrying. Same. I want that belief, please. Mm. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, I know, I know, Luke. I know you don't want him to leave. Nobody wants him to leave. It's all good. Um, but um, yeah, obviously. So somebody also said up here, where is it? Um, so Mexico, thank you for joining. I know this is your first time. I did see it in the comments earlier. So welcome. Um, we've said, obviously, the problem if we sell Kane, it's not only a striker and his goals we're losing, we're also losing his defending. Now, obviously, I know there's an awful lot of criticism on Jose, but the one thing I can say that he has done well is take Kane from here to here. And I fully, I fully back that statement. So, Dara, is that another mm. massive problem? Obviously, the fact that exactly like the coat has done, he's completely boomed. Explode. The, wasn't that the, exactly wasn't that that. the word Jose used? Yep. Yeah, I can help you. Yeah. Explode. Yeah. Exactly yeah. that. So, Dara, I mean, I know obviously there's lots of different opinions on Jose, but is that something we can just kind of be like, actually, he has actually done one thing that he said and he has come to do. He's actually fulfilled it. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I would agree with that. Um, I never saw Kane as a creator, like never, never. Like he's he was the poacher. He was he was the man. Like he doesn't get too many goals from outside the box. I know he gets maybe one or two a season, but it's his passing range this season. I haven't been able to get over it. It's just been outrageously good. It's his awareness, um, his comfortability dropping into a midfield area, his defending everything. He is the complete striker. He's the complete player. And I think if you're losing a player like Kane, um, you're using your talisman, you're losing Mr. Tottenham, um, you're losing kind of a soul, really, to be honest, if you're losing Kane. Like, he is the driving force of the the team, the brand, everything. He's the captain of England. I think it would, like, that painful rebuild that Posh talked about, that is the pain. I think that it doesn't get any more painful than losing Kane, to me. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree though. Jose has definitely brought him on to the next level. Um, yeah, I think he can only get better to be honest. I think we haven't even seen the absolute, absolute best of him yet. Um, yeah, I could see him even getting better even next season. Uh, I, I hope so. And, and I hope like we've all kind of said. In his first shirt, obviously. In a, yeah, in his first shirt, yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously... I just want to try and divert it back to the game. So, obviously, the first half, I think it was kind of a bit mismatchy in a sense that although our defending was pretty much more bodies on the line, I feel second half, we kind of just shaped it up a bit better. Obviously, we lost Regulon. And to be fair to you, I was absolutely bricking it for Davies coming on. But Dakota, do you think Davies actually, I don't know, there was a new fire born within him last night? Yeah, I think Ben. the thing with Ben Davies is you know what you're going to get every single time he steps on the pitch, right? It's gonna He's going to be consistent. Whether that's good or bad, he's going to be consistent the whole the whole time he's on the pitch. And yeah, it seemed like uh, it seemed like he felt a freedom to move forward, and and maybe that was because he knew that Lucas Mora was on the left hand side, so he felt like he could get a little more forward because he was going to have some cover on the back. Uh, we know that Sonny does his his fair share of tracking back, but you know Lucas is like that. He's like an annoying flea. It's just everywhere at the wrong time but right time for us wrong time for the opponent you know so i wonder if that played into it a little bit too uh also joe Roden is right next to him 
Joe wrote Joe Roden and Ben Davis play right next to each other in the Wales squad to you. So maybe there's a little bit of more familiarity there uh, that added into it, but I was you know, really uh, relieved to see Sergio Regalon post on Instagram after the match that, you know, all good. So we don't have to worry about him missing any, any time. So, but yeah, I, I have no issues with Ben Davis coming on. I, I think he offers a lot of, to us defensively and, you know, with a two nil lead, that's totally fine. Um, to, to make sort of a defensive substitution like that. So yeah, I, I feel super indifferent when it co- comes to Ben Davis. Like I don't, I don't really care <laughs> one way or the other. There's no like reaction like, oh man, Ben Davis is in the in the game, or like, yes, Ben Davis is coming out. Like I just he's yeah, he's like a lukewarm tea to me. Like cool, <laughs> I'll drink it, I guess. <laughs> I like it. And to be fair, you do make a pretty valid point because obviously when we didn't have Regulon, we were trying to ask him to bomb forward, and that really isn't his his natural forte, shall to speak, because I don't think he managed to take anyone on. But like you said, he's capable at defending, and when you've got a two-nil, well, one-nil advantage at that point, you kind of want him uh, yeah. to be able to be stood at the back. So I like what you said there. I wasn't really thinking of it like that. Um, but like Scott said here, Davies should uh, yeah. should is a good squad player to back up, right? And it's a fair comment. And like you said, Dakota, you've kind of enlightened me a bit because it's like most things at the moment. I was kind of sit there and think, oh my lord, what is going on here? <laughs> but um, regardless, um, obviously Dakota, obviously we need to talk about Hoiberg as well because I think in recent weeks, I think he's kind of dipped from form. I mean, you could say that about a lot of players, sure. but. I feel like him holding that defence up has really done his back in, so to speak, pardon the pun. But he has literally put them in the back of his backpack and tried to lift them up throughout the whole of the season. So what are your thoughts on Hoiberg? Do you think Hoiberg and Ndombele work well as a pivot? Or do you think maybe in the future, if Skip does come back, if he doesn't decide to stay at Norwich, do you think that would work better? Uh, I absolutely love the... Koibier and Dombley pivot. Uh, that's my like my preferred. Uh, you know, over on on Podspur, I've been like, I think it was like October when I said the first time, like this needs to happen. And I don't, I don't care if Tongi is going to play fifty minutes at the pivot role because he's worn himself out. This needs to happen because it it opens up our front four. I, I think it just gives us the opportunity to, to just be more attacking. And I think he can do the the defensive work and obviously he's proved that over and over again so i i think he's great in that role um i think when skip comes back he will be koi bear's cover um and you know who you know holly this is going to hurt you as much as it's going to hurt me to say (laughs) harry winks needs to leave in the summer um (laughs) he just just he's got it he needs to leave yeah. There we go. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's he's, gone. he needs yeah. to leave in the summer. It's best for both parties at this point. Yeah, it's, ah. it's a tough one to stomach, but <laughs> yeah. we move anyway. Um, so, but yeah, I was just gonna just flip it to Dara. Do you think the um, cover uh, and the the fit we got and got for at this point? Oh. Is he back? Is he, is he in the room? Hello? Is he gone? Hello? <laughs> He's not smiley this time. There he is. He's back. Yeah. Um, so, Dara, I'll come to you. Obviously, 
Dakota's obviously spoke about this this uh, pivot, which I think is working quite well. But what did you make of Ndombele last night? Because I did make a point of saying that man has got more roulettes than a casino. What do you make of his <laughs> sleeky feet? I mean, it's just immense. He is outrageous. And I think he is the perfect kind of foil for Hoiberg as well. Do you know, he's the perfect man to have beside him because Hoiberg likes to be that kind of um, dominator in that midfield. He likes to break up the play. He likes to pass that ball off. He doesn't like to hold on to it for too long. Um, and so that, like, Ndombele is the complete opposite. Ndombele, when he's on the ball, I think Gary Neville touched on it. He always looks like he's just that close to losing the ball and then he finds space somewhere that doesn't seem to exist and he just shifts it between his feet and he gets out of there. Um, his ability to move between spaces is ridiculous. He is insane at it. Um, he's unbelievable to carry the ball. He's a good passer um, and has a shot on him. I think he's as good a number kind of number eight style midfielder he's back <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> but yeah like like that like he's he's the perfect man to have beside Hoiberg I'd echo what Dakota said there I wouldn't be changing that for the world um, I wouldn't want anyone beside him now I do think Skip will be in the squad next season hopefully unless he hopefully touch what he won't but um, unless he moves permanently to Norwich because they seem to love him over there um, but I think Skip could be a real player for us in the future. Um, so I hope he's. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, I'm back. I'm back. Am I? He's back. Is he back? He's back. I'm he's back. back. Yeah, yeah, I'm back now. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wow, word. I thought um, my internet was bad. Jesus. <laughs> that was shocking. Uh, um, um, but yeah, to... Skip. Oh, sorry, Karen. No, I scratched it. Skip, good player. Love him. Um, I just want to talk about um, what 90 Minutes has said, obviously. Dembele, for me, is just different gravy. Now, if Ndombele can live up to Dembele, we are pretty much living lavish because, obviously, the days of Dembele and Wanyama are something incredible. But, Dakota, do you think it's too soon to compare the two? Um, Whether it's too soon or not, I think it's it's happening. Um, And... To to be fair, is it happened the moment we signed Tongi. Everybody was like, Oh, well, here's our new Dembele. Uh, and then he didn't really play for a year, and everybody said, Let's sell him for less than we bought him for. And now everyone is trying to delete their tweets and say that they never saw that because he's turned into just a saucy baller, right? So <laughs> I, I I think it's difficult to compare the two because I think Tongi offers us a lot more moving forward than just a ball progressor, you know? So uh, what I do hope that Tongi kind of grows into, he's only what, 23, right? 24, something like that. He's still, still kind of young. What I hope he grows into is that kind of leadership kind of swagger that Dembele had about him um, that, you know, I'm, I'm going to poke your eye out at Stanford bridge type energy that's what I want to see from Tongi. Uh, and I don't think he's quite there yet. Uh, but I think that's, I think that's an age thing. I think it's a maturity thing. I think that's a comfortable comfortableness in, in your squad, in your, in your house, in the place you, I think all that just kind of goes along with, with that confidence. Um, and that's what I want to see from Tongi next season. That, that for me is the next level of his growth to have let, half of Pierre Emil Hoybier's leadership next to Hoybier would be just huge in that midfield. 
I think that's definitely something we lack. Obviously, there's only a few players that I sit here and say have real leadership. I mean, we have Larissa as our captain. And to be fair to him, I did kind of respect the thing he came out with after that Europa League game. But do I really see it on the pitch? I'm not too sure. It's hard to yeah. tell. But Hoiberg is definitely someone, I don't know what Viking nature in him, that just commands <laughs> the pitch. And I think we do kind of miss most of that. Um, and I mean, the Harry Winks slander is just phenomenal tonight. We love it. But it is true. I think, sadly, Harry Winks is one of those players that needs to leave, as much as it pains me. And I think I have probably cursed him to the ends of the earth. But never mind. Um, something <laughs> that um, Mexico Spurs has said is, um, so I'll throw it to you, um, Dara. Why is Adombele incapable of competing 90 minutes regularly? What is it? What is what is the game with him? Um, I don't know. Is it a tactical thing more so than he's incapable? Um, I think it's more like he has such, I suppose, what would you say? His, how do you word this properly? It's, it's, it's more like seeing out a game, you know, Tangi is amazing with his, his his turn of pace and everything like that and his ingenuity on the ball and stuff like that. But Sissoko is more of like the assured player. You know what you get with Sissoko. Like you'd never call him a very particularly interesting footballer. Not doesn't offer you much either side of the field, I would say. Not great going forward, not that good defensively. <laughs> but he'll do a job. He'll do a job. He'll sit there and just, I don't know, exist and you know, play the ball off to someone else. Whereas Ndombele might try something a little bit riskier, possibly, would be what I would say. Um, but, like, Indomble has completed 90 minutes more regularly t- towards the, the last few months. Um, at the start of the season, I was kind of worried about his fitness, and I think that was Jose's worry last season as well, um, was his fitness and maybe his attitude, and how he was unsettled and stuff like that. But I think he's settled now. And I think if he had to complete 90 minutes, he would. And I think that's more of a tactical decision than it is um, a fitness issue anymore, to be honest. I mean, that is a fair point. I used to call him Nadon Bellies to now Nadon Bulba. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've definitely seen an improvement, shall we speak. So, yeah, I just hope there's more of it to come and he can slowly fill that that tank up. So, um, I want to come to you, uh, Dakota. Obviously, we've kind of highlighted on the fact that we've crashed out the Europa League. I've just kind of needed to leave it a little bit. Yep. But obviously, it's, it's gone, yeah, it's gone from my mind. <laughs> What's the Europa um, League? Yeah, what is yeah. that? I don't know what that jam Champions is. Champions League. We're going with Champions League. Yeah, we don't want the Europa League anyway. Waste time. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, but obviously, with that win at the weekend, and I'm trying not to get too optimistic because I know it's the hope that crushes you, but do you think maybe if we do manage to pick up this form now after we've seen that everybody seems to be gelling together once again and there seems to be some fight for the badge, would you necessarily say our season's dead if we can't manage to get top four. Do you think it could now be on to reach top four? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, right? Um, and we're we're like, it's such an interesting moment, right? Because the sky is falling, like literally, the sky is falling. Every, our season's done, right? You look at the Premier League form table, we're top in the last five games. Nobody has more points or a better goal, better goal difference than Spurs. So it's like, it's such a weird time, right? Um, I think it, let's just win the rest of our games and see what happens, I think is the attitude that the that the team needs to have. Um, if we had won on Sunday, we'd be in control of our own destiny, so to speak, because we would have been three points back from fourth with a game in hand uh, and a better goal difference. So that's out the window. We need a little bit of help now. Um but, you know, in the beginning of the season, 
over over on the Podspur channel, we had said like, let's collectively come up with a successful season. What's a successful season? And it's at least one trophy and finishing top four. Well, we're in a final of a domestic cup and the race for top four is on as nervy as it may look. So in terms of a successful season in the midst of all this, just trash, hot garbage that's happened over the last week and a half, we can still have a successful season. I don't think any of us will remember it as being, being a successful season, but we can accomplish our goals. So it's just, it's a really interesting moment that we have going on here, but I'm excited for the top four race. I think we've got, got something cooking. I like the optimism. I love it because in the past week, I feel like I've jumped off the skywalk, not going to lie, with the with the bad form that we've been having. But um, obviously, I want to come to you, Dara, again. Is that your kind of sentiment as well? Do you think we can maybe push on and hopefully, I mean, if the lights of, say, Chelsea slip up, that's our time to, to jump, basically? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, um, I think it's going to have to be Leicester. I can't see Chelsea dropping. I'm kind of I like I I hate looking at other teams and what they're doing and stuff, but I think it'll have to be you're you're looking at Leicester. You're looking at finishing above Leicester, to be honest, because I do, like Chelsea. Tuchel has them regimentalized. Yes, Look at Adam Martin, good man yourself. Injected. Like, I think yeah, <laughs> love that, love that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Chelsea are so regimentalized now. Like they'll grind out that top four, um, whether they deserve it or not, doesn't matter because they're probably going to get it. Um, so yeah, I think, but I, I I would give us a great chance. I would give us a great chance amidst the massive crisis and existential disaster we're going through at the moment. It, it could happen. It could happen. Um, I definitely wouldn't rule us out like a lot of people are. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting now. It's going to show a lot of character now if we do make it. And yep. you'd have to say kudos to to Jose and the squad for pulling it if we do. Um, the cup. I I think we've a good shot at the cup. I think we have a really good shot at the cup. For some reason, for some weird blind faith I have in Spurs, I think we have a good shot at beating City. On our day, City kind of, they don't like playing us. And I know they beat us yeah. a few weeks back, but they don't like playing us on a general basis. And, you know, why not believe? If we if we don't believe and we lose, then we'll be like, oh, you'd be more depressed. So at least you're going to have some sort of happiness at least beforehand. <laughs> you may as well believe. Uh, what have you got to lose? <laughs> right. That's a that's a really good point too about Leicester because we saw last towards the end of last season and I think maybe the season before that the last like month or or two of this like could yeah. not stop losing. So if you know if that happens again and and we keep up this this top of the table form that we're, that we're <laughs> on right now it just sounds so funny saying it in the midst of this yeah. like you said existential just crisis that's happening. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun finish. Do we yeah, play them last absolutely. game of the season again this year? Is Leicester our last game again? I have a funny feeling it's either last or second last. Anyway, one of them. I ain't got a clue. Yeah, it'd be, be interesting if that came down to who finishes top four. Mm, I actually think I think it'll have to be Leicester. <laughs> I, it, it, we're gonna finish above a Leicester. True athlete, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Tunnel vision, man. It's just like one game at a time. That's how I can only focus. I think. I mean, my brain's all over the place. I like but it. um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you've both kind of said. I think if I'm gonna be here and be real, I think one man that I want taking us into a cup final is Jose. That's that's just kind of how it is. 
for me. I think the fact that he's been there, got the T-shirt, and I know it's cliche, but you want someone that's that knows the pressure yep. of a cup final. And I think for me, Jose Mourinho is that guy. I know he's had his faults during the season, but you've also got to look at that back four and think to yourself, well, could I do any better with that back four trying to, trying to command it? <laughs> I'm not too sure. So, but yeah. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I do. I do, John. It's, it's coming. I think I should just get into it more often. I think I should get paid more, to be honest. It's been a real struggle recently. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, I just want to say thank you both for, for joining me tonight. It's, it's been a good chat. And like I say, it's been brilliant to actually talk about a win for once. I mean, it's, it's been Absolutely. quite depressing, but it's been good. So I just want to come to you first, Dara, aka Spurs View. So where can everybody find you doing your thing? Yeah, guys, you can find me on at SpursViews underscore there. Um, should be on the screen there for you. Um, I'm only on Twitter, not on any other form of social media. But yeah, get following me for more Spurs discussion and content. Love it, Dara. And also Dakota, who's been brilliant from across the pond. Um, obviously, where can everybody find you, Dakota? I know Podsplay is, is growing and getting bigger and it's great to see. So let everybody know where they can find you. Oh, don't don't crash now, Dakota. Nah, this is your big moment. Nah, don't bother, Dakota. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered. He's too many followers. Follow him at least. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Should I, I think he's actually own? gone. I think he's. I think yeah, it's the the pressure of it. Plug there, Holly. Try plug, plug, plug him. So Dakota, oh, big man Dakota from across the pond. You can find him on Podspurt. They do a brilliant podcast. I mean, their accents for one just like is beautiful, shall we say? Um, it so. Is. It is quite good, isn't it? So, it's make so sure calming you... or something, isn't it? She makes I you know. feel like everything's going to be okay. It's the optimism as well. It just it just <laughs> yeah. enlightens me. I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm sure Dakota wouldn't mind. So make sure after this video, I'll put all the links and descriptions everywhere. But check out Podspur and Dakota on Twitter. Oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, there's two oh, of them. Two Dakotas. Oh. Hey. Hey. Is he England's alive? really far away? Uh, even for the <laughs> even for the internet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find me on all the socials. Yeah, you find me on all the socials at Dakota J Booth. Uh, follow Podspur uh, on Twitter at Tottenham Pod. Uh, we do blogs too. We we do live reactions to to lineups and and all that. So uh, on the YouTube channel Podspur TV. So but. Before you do any of that, make sure that you have liked and subscribed and are tuning into everything that Holly Agenbar puts out because it is top class. It wouldn't be top class, class though, if I didn't have amazing guests. So thank you both. Um, <laughs> there you go. I like to spin it on its head. But um, I echo what good. Dakota said. If you, are, if you are new and you haven't liked yet, please do so and hit that subscribe button. I'm trying to hit 1K. It's been a very very long and hard journey but we're finally getting there the end is in sight but until next time i want to thank you all for watching and come on you spurs come on you spurs